1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito com. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson joined today by Tim Cato of The Athletic. You all know him as
2: Tom. Hey, Tim. How you doing? I am Tom. I don't know. Actually, it showed up, my display name, when it asked. It had Tom filled in. So I guess I put sure. it in as Tom last time.
0: Well, I'm so a we're to, here. I'm the Tom to we're
1: everyone. We're, we're having a nice weird day following, uh, you know, the, the opening uh, season or the opening to the Dallas Mavericks season where they lost the Phoenix Suns last night in really painful fashion. And in a rare element of NBA scheduling, the Mavericks have two days off, which means we have two days to really ridiculously overthink and overanalyze every element of a twenty-two point uh, comeback win by the Suns, and you were there live. You're out in Phoenix right now. That's why you're kind enough to talk to me. And I needed to get your kind of boots on the ground perspective because I'm just like watching it from from the game. So let's let's take off your reporter hat for a moment and put on your
2: analyst hat. What what did you see? What in the heck happened? Yeah, I mean, I thought the game. You know, I I, I thought the first half just was so direct and clear and dominant that I wasn't even imagining that the you know the script would flip like it did. And, you know, even when the Suns were marching back into the game, even when they took the lead, I was like, oh huh, this this is uh this is out of nowhere, this is unexpected. I'm still not sure they're gonna win this game. I, I mean at no point did was did I have a lot of confidence that the Suns are actually going to pull that off. Um, just based off what I was seeing, obviously the Mavericks were, you know, asked for that second half and, you know, we can, we can talk about why, you know, I I wrote a lot about Christian Wood, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to take off this ad. I I just, you know, I, I, I know that fans take games like this indifferently, but it's just so hard for me to think that this has to mean anything or will mean anything or, or, you know, the observations that we're drawing are ones that are actually going to become trends uh we can talk about them and we can talk about the likelihood of that and you know what i did and what i wrote about this game was really focusing on the the trend and the questions and and the theme of the of this early season which is all going to be about christian wood and how he's used and his minutes and his trust and his defense and that's that's but that's that was my takeaway and sure. You know the results aside. You know um, you can't you can't brush aside the results, and this is going to be a tough year, and every win is going to matter, and this could come back and haunt them. But it's just I, I don't know stuff like rotations on the first game when rotations is something that you, you know, kind of <laughs> go to and figure out as a season goes goes along. it's just it's hard for me to be you know upset about it, even in like you know the analyst oh or thousand
1: way or percent. whatever. There was a guy on uh, on my Spotify live last night who was like, you know, just remember that Reggie was playing like 20 minutes a game until mid-January. And then by the end of the year, they couldn't find a spot on the bench for him because he had to play the whole game. So, yeah, exactly. there's a lot to that. So. Let's just get into it then, because you're right. There, there, there's an element of overreaction that I find fun. I have a great time talking about the game. You wrote a fun column here on the Athletic that talks about, like, the. I'll just read the title because the title gives away a lot of what we're going to talk about here. The Mavericks' opening loss still showed why Christian Wood could be Luka Doncic's best co-star yet. And let's just talk about Wood, kind of in a in a um, just just in a vacuum, because he was really fun last night watching him play. That was about as electric of anything I've seen in a while. For as much as I liked Jalen Brunson by the end, it was so different because he plays a game that's fundamentally smooth. And it's just, there's a lot to it that's really like aesthetically appealing. And frankly, just Dallas hasn't had a, you know, this is kind of going to be sacrilegious, but, you know, we're talking like 2014-ish Dirk was the last time they had a big man who could do anything offensively like that.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I, I wrote about it in my piece. I talked about it in, in my podcast uh, today, seventy-seven minutes. Uh, and you know, there's two plays that stuck stuck out to me, and it wasn't the uh, highlight threes. It was, you know, I won't explain them in detail since I've done that already. Um, you can go check out either of those things to to get to get the full breakdown. But it's it was a it was a pass. It was a um, short roll and a pass to the corner for a Reggie Bullock three, and it was a a Spain pick and roll, a stack pick and roll, as the Mavericks call it. Where, um, you know, Christian Wood gets a mismatch onto Devin Booker and ends up in the paint and, you know, backs, you know, backs him down, puts his ass into him and then turns around, you know, gets the ball, turns around and scores. And it it just felt like those two plays we've seen some big men make in the Luka era uh, occasionally. And we've seen big men who can hit threes occasionally. But. You, you know what's so enticing about Christian Wood is he he brings it all in together in one package, and if you think of Luca's pick and roll partner as a extension and a function of Luca himself, you know the reason that Luca is getting trapped was getting trapped. You know the entire first half of this game was because of him. You know because he's Luca, and and you know they were trying to get the ball out of his hands, and so if you view that partner of of you know these pick and rolls that he's running as an extension. Christian Wood is going to make Luca better, or there's a real chance. We saw the glimpses of how he unlocks Luca to be even more Luca because of this wide range of skills, and that's what I thought was most intriguing. You know, the scoring is fun, absolutely. You know, I don't think it's an, an overstep to say that you know it, it hasn't been since a you know like Dirk that uh, you know a big man in a Mavericks uniform could could do stuff like this. Um, you know, and, and then of course there's the Chris steps, parallel and. You know, it's, you have to make it, you know, it's inevitable. I I feel a little bit bad. I think in a kinder timeline, you know, things would have gone differently. And and, and we saw glimpses of it. But, you know, being in Phoenix uh, brought me back not to the last time I was in Phoenix, the game seven, but it brought me back to the two regular season games that they played in Phoenix. And love um, this point in your
1: column, by the way. Keep going.
2: This was I I never thought about this. This was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was uh, November of last season. And it's that first or I think it was the first stretch that Luca had the ankle injury and was out. Um And Chris Tapps got a chance to run the offense and he was okay. He was better the second game, but he looked better. He looked more comfortable. He looked like he fit in more, even though he wasn't, you know, like taking over or anything. And that's it. You know, if you don't fit in, you know, if you, if you look more comfortable without Luca than with Luca, well, guess what? This is Luca's team. See ya. Um, you know, and it was, it was the right thing to move on. And, and, you know, clearly that, that has been shown and, you know, he was, he was off the team in in three months. And so it's, we didn't see that with Christian Wood. We saw what we saw with Christian Wood was his amplification of Luca rather than a player who needed to not be on the floor with him to bring the best out of him. And that is fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I,
1: I really enjoyed the specific elements of the game that, Things that were happening that I've just not seen for quite some time. The foul drawing was really something that stood out to me. He he must have drew 10 fouls last night. The other thing was, and this was a little bit of a surprise to me from what I saw in the preseason, was I thought he was active and
2: a willing participant in the defense. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I, thought, I thought he was solid. I thought he was, you know. There was one play I highlighted in my piece where he gets disconnected from Uh, Damian Lee's second to last shot where he hits a three uh, top of the key. And I I mostly highlighted it as an example of this. Always. He is earning the coaching staff's trust. Not, not to like, I'm not picking on him. I'm like people, you lose your assignments. It happens. And he was overwhelmingly good. That game. Christian Wood was, but he did lose an assignment, you know, late in the game. It, it was a, a important three that, that cost them the chance to win um, or, or hurt their chances to win. Yeah. And, you know, this kind of summarizes the whole he's got to earn the trust. And, sure. you know, if it takes a few weeks or a couple months, I think that's fine. Um, you know, I think fans are going to get antsy and, and, and I understand it if he keeps playing like this off the bench. But, you know, if, if this is an established team that went to the conference finals and Christian Wood is not an established player, you know, he can he for can sure. earn this, you know, and, and I think it's probably best for him and the Mavericks, if he actually goes through and earns, you know, whatever bigger starting or not starting or minutes, you know, if he goes and earns that role, that's probably the, you know, better than, you know, just gifting it to him. Well, then that allows me to pivot to the next thing.
1: And this is where as you being there and being in the room for, you know, some of the press conferences and talk like that, it seemed like there, what I heard after the game, or was rather reading after the game, was Christian Wood said all the right things in a way that hit me and my fan, just kind of in my heart, because after the Chris stapps Porzingis experience, everything was laden with a second very obvious meaning every time Chris stapps had something to say. Uh, I felt that what Wood had to say last night was very much in a vein of, I'm taking responsibility for the things that I can take responsibility for. Free throws, you know, Defensive trust elements of that nature. I sort of disagree with kid taking him out of the game, but he seemed to take it in stride. Now, reading stuff is different than tone. Am am I off key on any of these things? What did you think since you were there?
2: Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought that he was um, prepared for you know the question. It was the, it was the last question of his of his session. What did you think? You know, four minutes around the four minute mark, he's still on the bench, and yeah, he answered exactly as you would want him to answer it. You know, he. Uh, he gave them happy to be on the team and, and I'm happy to be here and I'm continuing to earn the trust and it's a matter of time. And, and, you know, it's, it's exactly what we've been saying. And it, it felt, it felt like a, it felt sincere. So I, I Okay it see, that's it's, yeah. I, yeah. I know addressing tone is dangerous
1: because you're reading right. into some things, but it's just like after the Porzingis experience, he would say things with a smirk and it's like, this dude has, is so well with the media training. He just knows what he's doing. And I just, I, I, I take certain statements, you know, really differently because kid kind of got out there after the game and he did the correct coaching thing where he's just like, look, like it's, we got stuff we got to figure out. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, and then right. that yeah. element of this, like, Probably put me off a little bit because I was just so you know you stay <laughs> a whiny complaint, but you stay up till you know midnight to watch a game and you lose on a on a shot to Damian Lee where they elected to keep Chris Paul on the bench. It's just a painful way to go in the first game of the season, you know.
2: I thought it was also pretty interesting that that he was the one who brought up the short roles and he said you know unprompted, Ooh. not asked about this. I followed up on it, but he said unprompted, you know. uh I thought my passes to the corner were, you know, were really good. He said something to that effect. And, you know, it's a little thing, but it stands out to me. You know, a player isn't talking about the threes and, you know, not, a, not expecting him to go out there and be like, man, I'm so good. Look at these But right, He's I not hit. talking
1: about scoring 16 straight points, which was among right. you lead with this as you should have. It was among one of the more crazy things I've seen done on the basketball floor in the last year.
2: And, and what a, and what a player could do is they could lead with saying, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was just, I got in a good rhythm. I'm happy I could help the team. You know, they, they were getting me the ball and no, you know, I, I, you know, you said a little bit about that, but it, it wasn't, it didn't seem like that was the first thing he wanted to talk about. And again, let's, let's not get way crazy or, or reading too much into anything players say after games. Sure. Um, but it's, it's a little something. It's a little something. And, in you know, just like everything in this game, I took note of it and, you know, enough note that I'm noting it here and I'm just going to see whether it turns into a trend and I'm going to see whether, you know, repeatedly it feels like this is, you know, the way that he's chosen to approach media and feels like a reflection of his own outlook on his role on this team and all that, or, you know, or maybe there are comments that start, uh, you know, seeping in if, you know things don't go the way that he's expecting or planning. Um, For sure, and I, I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not predicting that. I'm. I'm just saying. You know, like that. That is my job and what I try to ro- watch in these. Um, you know, post game press conferences, uh, media appearances, all of these things.
1: Well, you're a thousand percent right. You said this very early in the show that like, and you wrote about this too. The first twenty games are are a little bit of a wash. You want to get out to a good start, but what you're drawing away, conclusion wise, big picture usually doesn't matter by the second half of the season cuz so many things can change between injuries, rotations, trades, lineups, whatever you're going to do. Right. I I will say that if I'm going to overreact, I think the process of what happened in last night's game, a lot of the offense, some of the defensive stuff felt good in a way it did not last season when we were watching some Stuck in the Mud basketball. And I really enjoyed watching the team play from an aesthetic point of view.
2: Yeah, I agree. I thought I thought, you know, it's it's funny to come away from a twenty two you know a, a blown 22, 22 point lead and feel optimistic about it, but I, I think I think it's probably more notable that they built the lead than th- yeah. that they lost it. Uh, that that's the feeling I had, and yeah, it, it's it's twenty games, like you said, uh, you know, or referencing what I said uh 20 games feels like a a good benchmark uh it's not that the things in game one don't matter it's just that we have to have the entire 20 game sample size to understand if they matter to have the context to like view them and frame them in the right ways is basically kind of you know the point I'm, i'm making there and sure and until we have that i'm just not gonna freak out one way or the other but yeah yeah i i definitely feel more optimistic than pessimistic about this team what they're capable of you know just sure. where they're at right now their ability to you know win a couple games in the next three uh against tough opponents i i, I definitely feel uh you know i i think what i and the optimism i felt coming into the season i, I usually skew more optimistic than otherwise just you know, I, I don't know what people actually think about me or say about me. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's everything. I think it's you're level headed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think I think what, what I've really noticed is that uh, I c- I can find people who view me in both For sure. extremes.
0: For sure. Um,
2: but I I generally feel like I come into seasons feeling more optimistic. And basically, what happened in Game One, uh, the blown lead didn't make me doubt myself and what this team did in the first half did affirm kind of what i was feeling about them that's right that's right
3: well
1: tim i reserve the right to freak out because that's my that's sort of my deal sort of. My it's brand, fun it's but... fandom
2: fandom is irrational i say this it so was, often yeah. but like it was fun. like don't like people don't watch games like me this is my job like yeah. like i have to remain level-headed i'm an analyst this Is my job and if you want that if you want you know a you know to get that level-headedness then come read my stuff or listen to my podcast or or whatever but and that's exactly what I was going to say.
1: not go do subscribe. That. Yeah. Go
2: subscribe to the Athletic, Tim, and all the good people there on their wonderful yeah, do app. Do, do great work. Don't don't be a fan like me, or you for know, like, sure. don't approach fandom like I approach this my job. Um, but do do subscribe. Well, um, you're
1: the man yeah. for taking some time out of your day to talk to me. Like I said, please go subscribe to the Athletic. Uh, I'm sure you and I will touch base. We t- actually, we talk every couple of days, but I'm sure I'll have you back on at some point. Uh, and we will, uh, we'll, we'll commiserate more and maybe in the next 20 games. So guys this has been Tim Cato and Kirk Henderson. Thanks for spending a little bit of your afternoon with us. And I will talk to you a little later in the week. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.